Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Hey there, Spooksters, and welcome back to another episode of Three Spooked Girls. I am your ghost host, Jessica, and as always, I am joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. This week, we are going to be discussing kind of a different twist on a subject. We are going to be talking about movie set curses. Yes. We have a couple of great movies for you. I'm going to be talking about Poltergeist, and Tara is going to be talking about the Exorcist. Both of these movies I have heard quite often as the scariest movies ever made. Same. And I kept reading that too. And I'm just like, is it though? Is it though? But you have to think about it. When they came out originally for the time. Oh, hell yeah. Especially because that shit was like, those special effects were very rudimentary. So yeah, it was even scarier. Now it's like not as scary. Now that we know it's like CGI, we're like, oh, her head spins. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) It's just a Tuesday. It's fine. It's just a Tuesday. (laughs) So we'll talk about our drinks and then we'll do our business and then we'll listen to some promos and our sponsor and then we'll get into it. So what are you drinking today, Tara? It's been a night for us recording here on the back end. So I am drinking coffee and water tonight. No wine. So, you know, but I had to rally because this time change is kicking my ass. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like literally (laughs) you get an extra hour of sleep and yet it's still rude. I don't, though. And it's not even because of my child. It's because of my Georgie, my dog. He (laughs) wants to be up and party at god awful hours of the day. Pretty much when Matt goes to work, which is the worst. So, ew. Oh, yeah, because he gets up to go to work, like, basically right before the time changed. Yeah, yeah, he gets, he goes to work super early. So if any of you guys go to work at uh, 4.30 in the morning, my husband feels for you. So, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I actually slept in. But my internal clock woke me up earlier. Mm -hmm. So... I understand. I, too, am feeling a little fatigued from the time change. So I am just drinking water because if I had been drinking this whole time because we've recorded another episode, I would be dead. (laughs) That's okay, though. We have a new change to this. Yes. We have a very good friend that we've mentioned a few times who lent us an idea. So thank you, Grayson, because this is the most genius idea ever. Mm -hmm. Our drink segment is now going to be like, what is Kate drinking? Yes. So the the Bell Witch in our logo, in case you're newer or and confused, that is who that is. Yes. <laughs> our official third spooked girl is Kate the Bell Witch. And so she's going to come to you with her magical concoction. Yes, yes. This week, she's coming at you with an aptly named cocktail called the Poltergeist Cocktail. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I love it when it's in the name. I'm like, yes. It's like extra bonus points. <laughs> Good job, Katie. Okay, so Katie wants you to know that you need vodka, um, sherry, St. Germain elderflower liqueur, fresh lime juice, and a generous 
teaspoon of lemon sorbet. And how you mix that is you mix all the ingredients together in a cocktail shaker filled with ice and shake by hand and shake it fast. Strain it over a glass filled with ice and then sprinkle it with blueberry powder if you like. I don't have blueberry powder. So that wouldn't have happened. I have everything else to make this drink. And I didn't because I would not wake up in the morning. Nope, that's okay. (laughs) It's a lot. That's got a lot of liquor in it. Right? (laughs) So... Make sure that you check in every week to see what Kate has made for y'all and then let her see what you made as well. Yes, yes. So as always, Tara has created a beautiful, wonderful link tree that is down in the show notes. It has everything. And if you don't know, we have a P.O. box now. If you want to send us stuff, which this is no pitch for you to send us stuff, but it's also a place for us to be able to send from as well. Our P.O. Box is P.O. Box 5583, J. Bear, Alaska. Is that how you say it, J. Bear? I did it right? Yeah. Am I I cool? Am I cool like the locals? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She just just, like rolled her eyes at me in the biggest way. (laughs) So it's J Bear Alaska. Zip is 99505-0583. Yes, and that will also be in the show notes or if you are in our Facebook group, it is pinned in the announcements and also in the group description as well. You're in the know, guys. You know where things are. As always, if you'd like to help support the show, you can do so by joining Patreon. We have a current goal right now to reach 50, and if so, We are adding a new segment where Jessica, it's called Jessica Slaughter's Movie Reviews. Mm -hmm. If you've ever listened to me talk about an episode on an episode about a movie, you're probably like, girl, get to the point. (laughs) But in a good way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you want to have more content, head over to Patreon. As little as a dollar gets you access to bonus episodes. Five and up get videos. $10 patrons get to pick an episode. That's what we were recording earlier. And we have a $2 tier, which gets you the bonus episode where I slaughter movies. So if that's something you are interested in, head on over. $2 a month gets you probably about hours of laughter. I don't know how many hours of laughter, but it'll be fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because that'll be coming twice a month. So we got some fun plans. Jessica has some cool ideas for that. So definitely check it out. I'm excited about it. So now we're going to take a quick, short promo break. And then we're going to hear from this week's affiliate partner, Mackenzie. And we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Alexa. And have you always been curious if Winona Ryder is actually crazy? Are you dying to learn how to stay out of a cult? Then you should definitely check out the Psyched Podcast. The podcast where two psychotherapists analyze real and fictional figures from pop culture and tell you all about the obscure psychological phenomenon that your Psych 101 class didn't have time to tell you about. So grab your cocktail and head over to thepsychedpodcast.com and check us out. And don't forget to go to therapy and get your shit together. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Katie Einstein. And I'm Mel's Bells. And we are here to tell you about We Watch the Watchmen, which is our show dedicated to the HBO series Watchmen. Mel's, how many episodes do we do every week? We do two episodes a week. We do a quick take right after the airing of the episode, and then we do a deep dive that usually comes out in the next day or two. All right. 
So to find us, go to superficialgallery.com, click on shows at the top, and then find Watchmen. Or you can go to watchmenhbo.libsyn.com, and we can't wait to see you there. Eat. Do you have a spooky business and need a logo or someone to help you with branding? Then you need to check out Mackenzie Lemoyne Designs, home for the soft and spooky. From logos to custom commissions to enamel pins, Mackenzie will take any spooky idea you have and turn it into a reality. Head over to the show notes and check out her Etsy shop. She's also given an exclusive code just for you guys. At checkout, use the code SPOOKSTER for a 10% off your order. Again, check out Mackenzie Lemoyne Designs for all your spoopy needs. Okay, now we are back. I hope you enjoyed those promos and you heard about our offering through Mackenzie. Check her stuff out. Her Etsy store is crazy. I love it. In fact, I have some of her pins pinned up on my cork board. I love her. She is a talented person. And of course, she did our logo. We love her a lot. So check it out. Okay, so now we're going to dive down into these movies. Tara's going to kick us off and talk about The Exorcist. And then I'm going to talk about Poltergeist. So strap in people to see if these movie sets are actually cursed. So I just have to start out with like this movie. She scared the shit out of me as a child. She terrified me like her face. Miss Reagan. Yeah, no, not a fan. Not a fan. Just scared me. I sorry. (laughs) But then I watched it later as like a late teen, maybe an adult. And I was just like, oh, this isn't that bad. So kind of the stem of the curse for the exorcist is because the story is based on a true exorcism of a young boy from the dc area so his name was ronald he gets the pseudonym from the priest called ronald doe that's kind of just for his protection type of thing on his identity and all that in the family and this happened in 1949 So it was this whole big thing. The exorcism lasted a month. It's crazy. So if you don't know, The Exorcist actually started out as a book. Then it became the film adaptation. So to protect this story and this boy's identity more when it was written in the screenplay, they changed the location of where it took place. And then they also changed the child from a boy to a girl. So that's where we get Linda Blair, a.k.a. Reagan. And a lot of people think that the film was cursed because of it being linked to the true story. So something didn't like that the word was getting spread on it, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) So, yay. So we have some weird events. We have some injuries and we have some deaths. So I'm going to kind of walk us through all the different things that happened. So weird event number one, and this is kind of the biggest one. So the first shooting of the movie was actually delayed six weeks because there was a fire on the entire set of the house. And, you know, that's weird enough, right? So the story goes that supposedly a pigeon or a bird hit the breaker box thing and caused the fire. Birds are evil. Jessica hates birds, if you don't know. It's not that I'm a- I hate birds. It's that I'm afraid of birds. I mean, you know, same difference. So... That's kind of weird in itself, but what made it even weirder was that every single room of this house burnt down except Reagan's room, which was the room where all of the possession and exorcism scenes took place. That room was left untouched. It must be preserved. 
Exactly. That's kind of what they were saying. Injuries. Now, this is kind of, this is where the skeptic side, even in myself, is going to come out a little bit because some of these injuries, it's like, okay, it was the, what, 70s? So sometimes safety wasn't the biggest priority. Mm -hmm. But regardless, Ellen Burstyn, who played Reagan's mom, she was actually injured permanently during the scene where Reagan throws her when she's possessed. They try to say her, now it's a wire, but it used to be something else, like something malfunctioned with that Oh, when she got thrown. But in that scene, there's a horrible blood-curdling scream from her, and that was the real deal. That's when she hurt herself. She wasn't acting. And they kept it because it was believable because, hello, it fucking happened. She got hurt. She dealt with this injury the rest of her life. Aww. Like, she still has back problems because of it. And then Linda Blair, Reagan, was also injured. So during a possession scene, she's thrown out of the bed and a piece of her rigging. Okay, there it is in my notes. I was like, I know I put another <laughs> word for the wire. <laughs> Just can't remember it. I'll get it there eventually. Right? Exactly. It actually broke and it caused her to hurt her back as well. Oh, God. Yeah. And being a child, that's kind of like, oh, fuck, you know? Right. And there was also a carpenter who cut off his thumb on accident, apparently. Did anyone else just like literally wrap their thumbs with their other fingers? I was like, no, mine. No, no, don't take. And, the, and another appendage was lost. A light technician lost a toe. Oh, God. Don't know. But those ones are just kind of weird. So see, those two, I'm kind of like, did something weird happen or were they just not being safe? Scary. But. The other thing was in the opening scene of the movie was actually filled in Iraq, and it's reported that nine of the crew members suffered from heat stroke and dysentery. Oh, so you're hot and you're pooping a lot. <laughs> yeah, not fun. So obviously they couldn't work. Hot shits. The problem with that, though, was they were in 130 degree weather, so it could be evil. It could just be the elements. Either way, not, not a good situation. Could have just been bad selecting of locations truth truth right they could have just went to like a desert in southern california i don't know or you know made one i mean true very true another weird thing that happened on set this didn't cause an injury this is just kind of like oh that fucking sucks during the projectile vomit scene the tube that held the pea soup you know Mm -hmm. misfired actually Originally, it was supposed to hit the priest in the chest, who's played by Jason Miller, and it ended up hitting him in the face. Of course, because that's how that works. Right? And uh, apparently his reaction was so, like, spot on, they used it in the film, and that was the only take they did. I mean, that has happened a few times. Like, in a movie, Tom Cruise broke his ankle, and they're like, that's the take. I'm like, really? He broke his ankle? Yeah. You can see it. Right? Yeah. But, oh, God, how gross. But now we kind of get, of course, more serious into these happenings from said curse. Mm-hmm. So nine people associated with the film died. Oh, wow. Yes. The first was a janitor that was shot and killed, and he was Linda Blair's grandfather. So a loose tie, but still tied. Okay. Jack McGowan, I'm probably saying his last name wrong, who played Burke Dennings, he died less than a week after his character died in the movie. That's trippy. Yes. Another actor or actress that died was the elderly lady in the film who played Mary. 
She was a Greek actor. It's I, I'm going to butcher her name if I try to say it. She died pretty much shortly after filming ended as well. She was very old, though. She was like 89 or something, but still. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, they don't know if it's natural causes or just craziness. Mm-hmm. Now, another one that wasn't a direct death of an actor, but was still, oh my God, Mercedes McCambridge, who voiced the demon in the film. Mm-hmm. Her son actually killed his wife and then committed suicide. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this happened in 1987. So it wasn't her, but it was someone tied to her. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was not exactly, no one died, but it was a brush with death. It was Jason Miller's son. He was actually hit by a motorcycle while they were at the beach. He ended up surviving, but still. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really close. Yeah. This movie, obviously, like we kind of talked about in the beginning, was extremely terrifying to many, many people. And it probably didn't help that Billy Graham was so against this movie. And if you don't know who he is, just Google him. (laughs) He had a quote that said about this movie, there's a power of evil in that film, in the fabric of that film itself. It was so widespread, not only just by word of mouth, but in the media as well, that there was a curse with this movie, that this was an evil movie, things like that. It was insane. It was actually banned everywhere in the Middle East except Lebanon. And then when they did the re-release, they banned it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some weird stuff happened when people went to go see it in theaters. So in Rome, there was a really kind of out of not out of the ordinary, but like wrong season. There was a storm with like lightning and thunder, like terrible, terrible. And it was kind of like unseasonal, unseasonal. There we go. Thank you. There was also witnesses who said they heard a demonic cry outside of the theater. So that's fun. I wouldn't put it past it. Yeah. At many locations, they not only had police present, but they also had supplies such as like barf bags and first responders and stuff because people were passing out and all of this stuff. And there's actually this lady who said she had such a bad reaction. She fell over and hit her head and passed out that she tried to sue, I think, Warner Brothers or whoever did this movie. And they ended up doing a settlement with her. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, so many people described this movie as pure evil and terror. And it's just, you know, I think with that and these stories and stuff, plus the media, it kind of created this small, maybe not so small case of like mass hysteria, essentially. Mm -hmm. Everyone was just terrified just because no one had ever seen anything like this before. It's true. And then all of these weird things are happening with it. So it just added fuel to the fire like big time Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like is this just a lot of shitty coincidences or was there something kind of running after it from my understanding the origin story on what this based on is actually kind of terrifying if that's a topic you'd want us to cover let us know i didn't want to go full history lesson on that because i think it'd be an interesting episode as well or a mini or something but some of it may have been people not taking care of safety, but some of those other things are just kind of too weird of a coincidence. There might be some kind of negative juju going on. I don't know. I think they might have pissed something off. Truth. That's the tales of the curse of the Exorcist set. (laughs) I was always very afraid of that movie. Um, I saw it once as a child. My stepbrother made me watch it. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, this is the scariest thing ever. Oh, yeah. And he told me like some lady had a heart attack 
in the theater, which I think is just an urban legend around it, right? I don't remember. I don't know if that's the same lady, but there was a lady who actually, like, I don't know if it was the heart attack or what happened, but she, like I said, she sued the film company so she could get some money and they paid her out. (laughs) Good for her. Living off her exorcist money. That's what it is. Truth. Today they'd be like, you went and saw the movie. It was terrifying. Exactly. So, you want to tell us about Poltergeist? Yes. So, Poltergeist was released in 1982. Um, It was directed by Tober Hooper, and it was produced by Steven Spielberg. Mm. These guys come into play a little later, so I just wanted to point that out. Mm Mm-hmm. It is said to be cursed because there is a scene where the mother, who's played by Beth Jo Williams, her name is Diane in the movie. She's in the backyard frantic and she ends up basically falling into this pool because, you know, it's rainy. It's not like a pool as in like they had already spackled. I don't even know what to call it. And my cousin has just disowned me. (laughs) It's they hadn't actually like put the concrete or the cement the concrete into the pool to make it it was just dug it was dirt and she runs up to the edge and basically what happens when it's rainy and it's muddy and you're on the edge of something you fall so she falls into the pool and like basically rolls down into this muddy murk and as she's in there and she's like fighting for her life these skeletons pop up and there's like all of these different skeletons And Joe Beth thought these were props and she thought they were just creepy. And so like her reaction to them was like genuine because she genuinely thought they were creepy. But um, later, unbeknownst to her, she found out that Steven Spielberg made the decision to buy real skeletons because they were cheaper than the plastic skeletons. Oh, now keep that in mind. This is the story of this movie. Okay, the movie was released on June 4th, 1982, and it's about a family called the Freeling family. Steven, the father, who is played by Craig T. Nelson, which I was like, oh, my God, coach. And then anyone born after 2000 is like, what? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Craig T. Nelson plays the dad, Steve. Joe Beth Williams plays the mom, Diane. Dominic Dunn plays Dana. Robbie is played by Oliver Robbins. And Carol Ann... Freeling is played by Heather O'Rourke. It's said to have taken place in California in a homing development called, I think it's pronounced Chusta Vista. The ghosts can only communicate with Carol Ann through the family's television. This is also where the most iconic movie line ever comes in, which is the little girl who turns her head and goes, They're here. Basically, the TV is being controlled by a demon by the name of the Beast. And because they think that Carol Ann, she has this goodness in her and her light force can help them find the light. They abduct her through the closet because that's how you abduct people is through the dimensional portal in her closet. The family tries to rescue her. And of course, they're using the TV to communicate and they can only communicate with her through the static. So if you've ever seen the movie, you can see there's like the static that's happening. They get a group of like parapsychologists and a spiritual medium who the spiritual medium and the girl who plays Carol Ann are the only two people to be in all three movies. Hmm. Okay. Just a really fun fact for y'all. Basically, they get Carol Ann back. And during after that, they realize that the reason they are being haunted 
is the developer of this community did not properly remove the bodies from the cemetery the housings the houses were built on he just removed the headstones and moved them so they were upset as they should be right they had a every right to be pissed off mhm eventually the house gets sucked in on itself and disappears it, this is probably a very iconic reference like family guy has done it a couple of times a, a bunch of different people have done it it's a pretty iconic movie even from just that one line to like the different aspects like the staticky screen and then the now just thinking of all the references and family guy because that's all that's popping in my head right now but um this movie is cursed and they think it's cursed because steven spielberg bought real skeletons to put in his movie about people who are not at rest properly yeah that was maybe not a good choice when you really think about that it kind of makes sense There was a few accidents on set, but nothing like crazy. No one lost a toe or a thumb or, you know. That's good. (laughs) They kept their appendages. But the weird thing about this is, is that people died. They did die. Mm -hmm. Dominic Dunn, who plays the older sister, Dana, which is really interesting because the little brother, Robbie, is like choked by the the evil clown Mm -hmm. that watches him sleep. Yeah. And Dominic Dunn was strangled to death by her ex-boyfriend in her driveway. She was 22 years old. His name is, I think, Jonathan Sweeney, something Sweeney. Mm -hmm. He basically brought her a chocolate carving of her face because he was a chef. And they got into an argument and he strangled her. That was on October 30th. She lived for a few more days and passed away on November 4th, 1982. I'm waiting for Tara to realize today is November 4th. Uh. Yeah. So that was 37 years ago from the time we're recording this. She was 22 at the time. She would have been 59 now. This death happened only five months after the, the release of that movie. Damn. Right? There were a few other deaths that happened um we'll get to those in a second but i want to talk about the non-death things that happen one of the things is during the second filming joe beth would leave her house or apartment or whatever she was staying in at the time and every day the picture on the wall would shift slightly at first she was like oh this is just me shutting the door too hard and it's moving it along the wire Mm mm-hmm but because it happened so much, and even when she stopped, like, you know, pulling the door too hard, she figured she should tell people and told a lot of people. So it was something that became noteworthy that something was happening. Craig T. Nelson, essentially, there's a scene where he's um, fighting, I believe, like a vomit monster. Mm-hmm. He starts choking during the scene. They had to, like, you know, save him. Mm. I already mentioned the creepy clown. This was the, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. They didn't have CGI. They didn't have Mm -hmm. properly functioning animatronics yet. (laughs) So they basically built this robot clown that is supposed to, like, wrap its arm around Robbie's neck and then, like, kind of, like, strangle him a little bit and then pull him under the bed. So they're watching the little boy struggle, like, on the monitor And then Steven Spielberg is like, holy shit, and gets up because essentially he was turning blue because the arm was actually strangling him. Oh, my God. 
So at first it was like just a mal. They thought it was just a malfunction. But when like you look at it all together, they're thinking like this might be some sort of paranormal activity happening. Oof. Um, where, an in- where something is trying to attack him. Yikes. I believe in the second movie they have this like scene where because this is a trilogy. There are three of them. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're in a frozen like carport or like parking garage. Mm-hmm. And that's all that ice is like plastic. And when they poured the plastic onto the car to get it to look like ice, apparently it caught like three cars caught on fire and it had this big billowy smoke and like three people got injured and they had to like leave the area. Mm. It's reported that all of the people doing this were like expertly trained and had done this like so many times before and they have no idea what caused this reaction because there was really nothing to cause this reaction. It just tried to kill them. That's crazy. Right? It's Yeah. There was about three more deaths that were associated to this movie. The first one would be Julian Beck. He played the character Kane in the second movie. He died of stomach cancer shortly after finishing filming. That's sad. They said that after filming, his stomach cancer became, it like went really rapid and really quickly. Yeah. So people are trying to link it to this, like saying that because he was on this movie that it caused him to die faster. Another one was a man by the name of Will Sampson. Will was actually, he was Native American and he was actually a Native American medicine man. He's from Oklahoma. And on June 3rd, 1987, he passed away after undergoing a heart and lung transplant that he died from post-operative kidney failure. Essentially, he had a chronic degenerative or degenerative condition that affected his heart, lungs, and skin. Oh, wow. He was said at the time of filming was about 260 pounds and at the time of his death was 140. Oh, my God. Um, And he was like a big dude. He was like 6'5". Like he was a big old dude, right? Yeah. And essentially, one of the things that they said caused the complications of his post-surgery was the fact that he was malnourished. So he died very short, like within a year after the the movie he was in was released. Yeah. Wow. I mean, these all seem to be very like, oh, like they had cancer or something like that. But people think mm-hmm. it's just the time frame of it is just a little weird. Yeah. Now, the last death that's involved with this movie is probably the saddest. So we mentioned Heather O'Rourke. And she is that darling little blonde girl in the movies. She actually wasn't even auditioning for this movie. She was in the GMC like cafeteria and Steven Spielberg walked past her. Her sister was actually auditioning for the role and he saw her and he just was like, that's the girl for this part. He went up to her and started talking to her and asked her lots of questions. One of them being like, can you read? And she said yes. And he said, would you like to audition? And he made her scream a bunch. It was said that she screamed for him for a while and then was like, okay, I'm done now. (laughs) You know, to Steven Spielberg. (laughs) You know, the biggest movie producer in the world. Mm -hmm. She's essentially the main character. Um, She's the protagonist of this film. And it follows her 
basically through her life. She dies at the age of 12 in real life. She went into cardiac arrest caused by septic shock. (gasps) And they had 17 pages left of the script to, to film. If you look at her pictures from the first two movies, she's this like tiny little blonde girl. And then in the third movie, her face is very puffy. She has massive dark circles. The director, um, Tober Hooper, said that they were like, we have to get her into a doctor. And they did. And the doctors just couldn't find anything wrong with her. And essentially, she had what now we would see as Crohn's disease. So because she had Crohn's disease, I think they gave her too much steroids, Mm. but she had a massive like lower intestine blockage and the steroid was causing the growth to grow too rapidly for her body size. And essentially it caused it to leak, which is why she went into sepsis. And basically by the time they actually caught it, all of her organs were infected. Um, Her mom said that the the morning that she passed, she was getting ready to go to school and she was excited about school and her mom was like you need to eat something you didn't eat anything yesterday and she gave her a piece of toast and when she touched her her hands were cold and blue the mom was like you need to eat you need to eat but because her hands were blue she called 911 um they came and they basically started doing CPR and they turned to her and said uh, like what's your religious preference and the mom is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, we're doing CPR and it's not seeming to work. Oh. And she's like, well, you need to take her to the children's hospital. And so that's where they took her. And by the time they got there, that's when they they realized that the blockage was there and they it had just progressed too long. There was apparently an x-ray that had been taken of her that had been misread by a doctor. Mm. And so it is something that could have been prevented, which is why they think it is leaked to this curse is because it should have been something that they could have treated. Like I said, she was 12 and she was in the middle of shooting this movie. Mm -hmm. So they had to basically finish the movie with a body double. And then it was said that at the premiere, people were making like had made comments about the fact that she looked puffy. Oh, and the mom was her mom was right there. So she was like super upset about it. But it was said that like the director, both the director and Steven Spielberg went to the little girl's funeral. The director was a pallbearer. So they very much loved Heather. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of what is related to Poltergeist. There's a few more. Oh, there is one other story. There is an author who basically took the movie and was making it into a book. And when he finished writing the book, his apartment got struck by lightning. And there's two ways that people like to tell the story. There's the truth, which is what he said, which is that his building got struck by lightning and the face of his air conditioning unit shot off and hit him in the back and caused some problems. Mm -hmm. And then the fan fiction story, which is that it struck his house and caused a crack down his wall and hit his typewriter. (laughs) Not what happened. Well, that kind of wraps that up for us this week. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a little sad, but 
If you like these movies, let us know. I have no desire to watch either of these movies now that I know that people died to make them. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, God. And if you want to let us know, you can always you can do that in several ways. You can go into our Facebook group on our Twitter, on our Instagram. Or if you want to let us know how you're liking the show, you can either leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. And um, it helps us because we know if you guys like what we're doing. So we'll keep up what you like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And if there's any other cursed movies, let us know what those are and we can check them out. I'm sure there are, but these two were particularly spooky. Yeah, we had to do them. Cult favorites for sure. For sure. Okay, well, that wraps it up for us this week. We will see you on Thursday for a stabby. Bye, guys. Bye.